man, I've been following you guys online, and I've been seeing Pastor Jack talking about the life of Peter. And, and, and there's a lot we're going to talk about today, and I just can't wait to get in it. But what I want to do today is uh, I want to just read the central message that we've been uh, discussing uh, for about the last two weeks. And it's First um, Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 31, and I'm going to read it for you. It says here, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were noble, of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things, excuse me, of this world and despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts in the Lord. Um, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 31. Uh, let us pray this morning one more time. Amen. Father, we just come before you today, and, um, and we want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you, God, that you are in the room. Your word says that when two or three are gathered in your name, that you are present. I pray that today, God, you will begin to do things that, that maybe you've never done before. I pray that folks that are listening, Lord, uh, online or that are here in person, God, that, that they would know that you are real. I pray that those that are saying, God, I need you to do something today, and they're giving you an ultimatum, God. They know that you never fail. So I pray, God, that you would show up. When people think that you can't show up, that you would touch lives when people think that you can't touch lives. And that you would become so real and so evident that you would give us all, Lord, not just an experience but an encounter with you today. And I pray, God, that I would step aside and that you, Father, would, would speak through me. So, God, we give you all the honor and we give you all praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. How many glad to be in the house of God today? Amen. Amen. I hear you. I hear you over there clapping. I know the dogs are barking, but it's okay. It's okay. We, we can't hear the, the dogs barking right now. Um, what, what a, just, I just, it just is so amazing to be here. I just, I just, I'm just in, uh, I mean, it's so awesome to know that, that no matter what, God is still moving in this community and in this church. Um, so if you are just logging in for the first time, please do yourself a favor and log in next week as well because the pastor will be speaking, Pastor Jack, you know, so, so please don't, don't just, just listen to me, but come back next week as well, amen. So hopefully I'm doing you a favor, Jack, and people will come back next week, amen. So we're talking about the grace of call today, the, the grace of the call. And we're talking about Peter, the life of Peter. And I'm going to read to you our main passage for today, and that's in John chapter 18. Um, and we're going to start in verses 15 through 27. So... If you can follow along with me on the screens or even with your Bible or even with your phone, um, and then we'll get started. Amen. So it says here, Peter and another disciple followed behind them as they took Jesus into the courtyard of Annas' palace. Since the other disciple was well known to the high priest, he entered in. But Peter was left standing outside the gate. Then the other disciple came back. Out to the servant girl who was guarding the gate and convinced her to allow Peter to come inside. Verse 17. As he passed inside, the young servant girl guarding the gate 
took a look at Peter and said to him, aren't you one of his disciples? He denied it. And he said, no, I'm not. Verse 18. Now, because it was cold, the soldiers and the guards made a charcoal fire, and they were standing around it to keep warm. So Peter huddled there with them around the fire. In the midst of all this, Jesus was also being interrogated. The high priest interrogated Jesus concerning his disciples and his teachings. Jesus answered Honest's questions by saying, I have said nothing in secret. At all times, I have taught openly and publicly in a synagogue, in the temple courts, and wherever the people assembled. Verse 21, why will you ask me for evidence to condemn me? Ask those who have heard what I've taught. They can tell you. And just then, one of the guards standing near Jesus punched him in the face with his fist and said, how dare you answer the high priest like that? In verse 23, Jesus replied, if my words are evil, then prove it. But if I haven't broken any laws, then why would you hit me? Verse 24, then Honest sent Jesus still tied up across the way to the high priest Caiaphas. Meanwhile, Peter was still standing in the courtyard by the fire. And one of the guards standing there said to him, aren't you one of his disciples? I know you are. Peter swore and said, I am not his disciple. But one of his servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose Peter, whose ear Peter almost cut off or cut off, looked at him and said, wait, didn't I see you out there in the garden with Jesus? Verse 27, then Peter denied it the third time and said, no, no. And at the very same moment, a rooster crowed nearby. Amen, God, thank you for your word, amen. I mean, the story of Peter is for me, it's very personal because I can really relate to Peter. I don't know about you, but I, I, I really believe we all have a little bit of Peter inside of us. I mean, I don't know how many times I told God as a young man, God, for real this time. <laughs> for real. I, I, I'm not going to do what I was doing before. I'm going to give my life to you and I'm going to fully commit to you. And, and unfortunately, the next day happens and I fall flat, fall fat, my face falls flat on, on the ground and and I make a mistake, and, and because of my lifestyle, I remember as a young man, I, I would always deny him. Maybe not necessarily saying it, but, but sometimes not living how I should live. I want to give you a quick background real quick of what's going on, and we're going to dive into the Word of God this morning. Jesus had just been arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. Judas, the leading priest, the Pharisees, and a large amount of Roman soldiers, along with the police, they came alongside them to arrest and to take Jesus away. At that moment, Peter, right, he took out a sword and he swung the sword and he cut off the high priest's servant's ear off. Now, I want to just pause real quick. Peter was a fisherman. He wasn't a swordsman. Peter wasn't a Roman official. He wasn't a police officer. He probably had no skills when it came to the sword. So I really believe that Peter wasn't trying to aim perfectly for the guy's ear. I really believe Peter was aiming for the whole shebang. I think Peter was like, yo, you're getting close to my Savior. It's about to get dirty up in here. But fortunately, it just grazed his ear a little bit, came off. Now, all the disciples have left, and they went into hiding with the ex exception of Peter and possibly John. As we just read in verse 15, John writes that Peter and another disciple followed as they took Jesus into the courtyard. 
It was a very tense moment. It was a very tense time. And to be recognized as a disciple of Jesus Christ during this moment was very, very dangerous. See, John's, co- John's gospel employs number, a number of patterns in a manner similar as he did when he wrote the book of Revelation. See, in the book of Revelation, there's a lot of numbers. And in the book of John, there's also a lot of numbers. The patterns of three are very prominent in the book of John. There's three Passovers. There's three other feasts attended by Jesus. There's three witnesses by John the Baptist of him saying that Jesus is truly the Messiah. There's three utterances, three statements from the cross. There's seven to be exact, but John records three. And now this morning we're going to be discussing three denials. Not one, not two, but three denials by Peter himself who denied Jesus Christ. It's an interesting fact, and I don't know if you guys know this, but before Peter denied Jesus three times, Jesus prayed for Peter. In Luke chapter 22, the Bible says, but I have prayed for you, Simon. I have prayed that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, I pray that you strengthen your brothers. As Jesus was having his last supper with his close, close friends, his disciples, a deep conversation emerged. And he began to talk. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter, being Peter, and we know the story, Peter was like, no, no, maybe Judas, maybe my brother, maybe Thomas, maybe somebody else, but not me. I don't know if you forgot who you're talking to, Jesus, but this is Peter right here. And I don't do that stuff. I'm committed to you. The Bible even says that Peter said, I'll even die for you before I will ever, ever deny you. But Jesus prayed for him, and he asked that he would have his faith strengthened. And I want to encourage you this morning as we dive into the word that just as Jesus prayed for Peter, Jesus is praying for you. The Bible says in, 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 in Romans 8.34, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, right? It says right here, he's at the right hand of God and he is also interceding for us. So Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you, interceding for me. He's praying for you. He prayed for Peter, and he's praying for us. Now, I understand that 2020, I don't want to bring up the past, but 2020 may have been one of the most challenging years for many. One of the most challenging years for for a lot of people. See, a global pandemic that has led to social distancing, right? Mask wearing, closing of businesses, a contested presidential election, Relationships may have been torn apart, distant learning, and escalating racial injustice, and the list goes on and on and on. But I want to remind you today, I want to remind you wherever you're looking at from, whatever city you're from, wherever you're at, I want to remind you today that through it all, Jesus has been praying. He's been praying. Jesus, I want to remind you that he is the Alpha He's the omega. Come on, somebody. He is the beginning. He is the end. And he is the God of the middle. Everything in between. So nothing in this world that is happening to you, 
that has happened to me, that is happening right now, is a surprise to Jesus. I don't believe Jesus did this to us, but I believe he knows why it's happening. He is praying, he is interceding for each and every one of us. So Jesus prayed for Peter's faith. He prayed for him, and I want you to understand this. Jesus did not pray for Peter to pass the test. Jesus did not pray for Peter's situation to be removed. He didn't pray for Satan to leave him alone. Jesus prayed so that Peter's faith would be strong. I know I don't know about you, but there's times when I've prayed the wrong prayer, and I've asked God to remove things when God's like, yo, I'm not going to remove it. I'm trying to strengthen you as you go through this. So he prayed. And there's a few lessons that we need to learn from the life of Peter during this denial period of his life. And number one, your first point is that Peter was alone. Peter was alone when he needed Jesus the most. Peter was alone when he made one of the worst mistakes of his life. Peter's denial came when he was alone. See, over the years, I believe that we've been too hard on Peter. We read the story of Peter and we're like, look at that guy. What a coward. Oh, if that was me, I would have never done that to Jesus. After all the things that Jesus has done for me, I would have never denied Jesus like Peter did. But I want to say to you that many of us have denied Jesus. Maybe we haven't said it like Peter did, but maybe with our lifestyles. Maybe doing things that nobody sees, but only God sees, and we're denying him every day. But God continues to love us, and he continues to forgive us. I want you to notice here that Peter is the only disciple that did not run away when the soldiers came. When the soldiers came, Peter was right there next to his rabbi like, what? Come closer, and I'm going to knock out some heads real quick. Literally, with the sword that he had. He was, the on, he was the one that was willing to fight to death if necessary. He failed in a situation that the others were not willing to face. See, many times we fail, but at the end of the day, you try. Some people don't have the brave and the courage enough to say, you know what, I'm going to try. Peter tried, and he failed. This shows bravery. Before we judge Peter too harshly, we need to understand that he was what he was facing. First, Luke tells us, Peter was with those who had arrested Jesus in Luke 22. They were likely still clutching their swords and their clubs, still angry at what just happened at the garden. And Peter was in the midst of those people. The Bible says that Peter was now in the courtyard of the high priest, whose servant Peter had just tried to kill in Gethsemane. He was right there in the same area. He was in the wrong neighborhood, if you will, with the enemies. And he was right there alone. One word for Malchus, the, high, the servant, and Peter would have been in trouble with the high priest. Third, Peter was in the inner sanctum of Jewish religious leadership. The 71 members of the Sanhedrin were trying his rabbi just a few yards away. It was a very, very tense situation. And this was a very intimidating setting for a fisherman who was from Bethsaida. A man with no education, in the midst of people who are educated, who have hate for his rabbi, and who are looking for the disciples. He was in the midst of all these people, and he gets asked the question, 
and he makes a mistake. I want to encourage you today that Jesus does not want you to be alone. He has created us to be in community. In verses 15 through 16, the Bible says, Since the other disciple was well known to the high priest, he entered in. But listen to this. But Peter was left standing outside of the gate. He had been with John, possibly, when he entered the courtyard, but now he stood alone. I want you to get this. He was by himself. It was a tense situation. I could imagine Peter's heart was still pounding. His palms were sweaty. His armpits were probably all sweaty. Come on, somebody. That happens to me a lot. But it smells, you know, I got it. Anyways, right? The devil knows that when you are usually weaker, when you are alone. When you try to do things on your own, the enemy knows when to attack. One thing that's very frustrating, and I think it happens to me as a believer and as you guys as believers, is that when somebody's usually struggling, what's the first thing that they do? What's the first thing that I do? Push everybody away. I stop coming to church. I stop answering phone calls. I stop reaching out. And because I feel so ashamed sometimes, I stop reaching out to God. And I'm like, yo, I'm not trying to get in it. I don't want no one in my business. And the enemy knows when to attack. That is why Jesus sent out his disciples two by two. That is why the Bible encourages us to get together. We all need the support of our fellow believers. You and I were not created to do life alone. You cannot be a successful disciple of Jesus Christ. Someone who, who has been called by God and set apart. You cannot be successful if you're doing it alone. Peter was alone. He was in the midst of a, of a chaotic situation and he got asked a simple question. Aren't you a disciple of Jesus? And he couldn't even answer that question correctly. Number two, Peter remembered Jesus' words. See, Jesus wants us to remember his word in our darkest hours in order to give us hope. See, in John chapter 13, verse 38, Peter remembered what the, the word of the Lord was for his life. He remembered how, how Jesus told him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Okay? Even though Jesus may have some, a little bit of amnesia when it comes to your sin. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that my relationship with Christ has nothing to do with what I can do, but all that what he can do. Because I can fail him every day, but that doesn't change the fact that he died on the cross and he forgave me of all my sins. Even the ones that I didn't even know I was going to commit, he already forgave them. And there is nothing that you can do, there is nothing that I can do that can make Jesus love me more or hate me. Because he already loves me. His love for us, his love for you, wherever you're at, he loves you so much that he died for you on a cross. And in three days, he came back and he told death to Dale, how you like me now. Come on, somebody. He remembers you in your darkest hour. He remembers you. Genesis chapter 8 verse 1 says that God remembered Noah and all the beasts of the cattle that were with him in the ark. Genesis chapter 30 verse 22. While everyone else was giving birth, God remembered Rachel, and God gave heed to her 
and he opened her womb. How about Exodus chapter 2, verse 24? The Israelites cried out to God during their slavery. And God heard their groaning. And he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. How about Luke chapter 23? The thief on the cross when Jesus was being crucified and they were about to die. He looked over to Jesus and he says, Jesus, remember me when you get into your kingdom. And the word of God says that Jesus said, not tomorrow, not next year, go through a class, get baptized first. He said, today, today you will be with me in paradise. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that God remembers me. When I'm in my lowest point of my life, when I feel so far away from Jesus, I am so glad that God still remembers who I am. Even though I may forget who I am sometimes, but God can remind me. Peter needed to remember the word that Jesus gave him. And he remembered the word during his horrible time. God remembers. See, I believe we all can relate to Peter. I believe we all have had opportunities to represent Christ, but we have failed big time. I have so many stories of, of examples of how many times I fell flat on my face trying to represent Christ. When I was a, a freshman in high school, this was about two years ago. <laughs> Everybody's laughing. It's serious. Now, it was 1994. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all weren't even born yet. But I was a freshman in high school, never going to forget this. And before school started, I had an iron board in my room, and I had an iron, and, and I thought I was all bad. You know, I thought I was cool and everything, you know what I mean? And, and so then I had my khakis, my, my dickies, and I'm, I'm ironing my dickies, listening to some oldies and whatnot before going to bed. Man, didn't even use starch. And I had a good, man, a, a single crease, no double creases. I used to iron my pants so good that I used to stand them up at night. And I'm like, wow, look at that, right? So I put him away. I ironed my shirt. I had my creases. I was ready for school the next day. Got up, put on my three flowers, brushed my teeth. Not in that order, but I did all that stuff. And I went to school. I was ready to find out who was going to be in school. Not to learn, unfortunately, but I was ready to, to meet new people of the opposite sex. You know, more, hey, you know, that's the way it was, right? I get to school, and my dad's like, yo, where are you going? I said, I'm going to school, Pop. I was going to go walkies with my friends. And my dad's like, yo, I'll take you. And my dad is not the kind of dad that, you know, would, would offer help. You have to kind of ask sometimes, you know. And I was like, yo, I got these new Converse All-Stars. I don't want to get them dirty. Yeah, Pop, take me, take me to school. Now, you got to keep in mind, I love my dad. Man, just talking about my dad gets me emotional. <clears throat> so just know this. I love my dad. But there's something that happened that day that, that has really, really hurt me for a long time. And we've talked about it. But this is why I know what Peter felt. We get to school and, and my dad drops me off. And before he dropped me off, my dad went all the way inside of my high school. And I'm like, Pop, you can leave me out here. It's all good. I'll walk in and, and I'll make an entrance. You know what I mean? And my dad's like, no, no, I'll take you all the way inside. So my dad takes me inside and. And I said, all right, Pop, thank you so much. And I closed the door, and I'm walking towards my friends because I see them. And to my surprise, my dad's walking behind me. You know, my dad has his, you know, he didn't comb his hair, got his coffee breath, got his chanclas on, and 
And as a, you know, 14-year-old, I'm like, yo, Pop, you know, you can't be doing that right now, right? So I'm walking. I'm trying to ignore my dad, and he's following me with my friends. And my friends are like, hey, what's up, Cheeto? Yo, who's that dude behind you, man? He's following you. I turn around, and I'm like, what dude? Oh, uh, I, I know him, but, but I don't know who that is. He, he, he's from my neighborhood, and, and my dad heard me, and I felt so bad. And my dad turned around, and he started walking back to the car. And, and the whole day, I kept thinking about my dad, like, yo, like, I wish I wouldn't have said that. You know, like, I made a mistake. I blew it. That's my father. I shouldn't have been embarrassed. I should have let the whole world know, as weird as my dad looked that morning, like, that's my pops right there. Look at him. That's my dad right there. Nobody got a problem with it. They didn't come see me. But no, I denied my father. And I felt horrible. And I couldn't wait to go home and explain to my dad, like, Pops, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to. I, it wasn't what you expected. I, I, I didn't know what to say. And I knew my dad was going to forgive me because that's my dad. How many times have we done that to our heavenly father? And we've denied him in the midst of it all when we had every opportunity to represent him to the fullest. And we've blown it. And we're like, God, I'm so sorry. And God's like, yo, I love you. It's all good. We'll try it again tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes. And we do it again and again. I know exactly what Peter must have felt. Peter needed a reminder that Jesus was with him. That Jesus loved him. That Jesus gave him an opportunity to make it right. And he did make it right. The Bible says that in Luke 22 again, he says, But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail you. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. Jesus wants us to remember his word in our darkest times, in our darkest hours. I want to remind you all today that if God can do it before, he can show enough, do it one more again. He can do it again. If God did it before, then why can't he do it again? This is my last point. Jesus promises us a life of new beginnings. There is complete forgiveness and there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1 says. It was the miracle of a rooster. Come on. A rooster that crowed at the exact same moment when Peter said no the third time. That in itself is a miracle in itself. See, Jesus could have used any animal. He could have used a tiger. And when Peter said no the third time, the tiger would have said, Roar. <laughs> We got tigers in the house. He could have used a monkey. And when Jesus would have said, and Peter would have said no, the monkey would have been like. <laughs> he could have used any other animal. But instead, he used a rooster. You know what's amazing about a rooster? Is that when the rooster crows, it signifies that a new day is dawning. When a rooster crows, it signifies that a new day is here. I know when I would go to Mexico all the time with my family where my, where my mom's from, and I remember we used to go to sleep, and the same rooster that my grandma had 
able to wake us up at the same time. And I would ask my grandpa, Grandpa, I see my grandma, the way she handles chickens and she cooks them. Can you handle that rooster the same way? And she's like, no, mijo, we need him. And I was like, why do you need him? Because he's reminding us that there's a new day. And I want to remind you guys today, there is a new day. There is a new day here for Mosaic Life. See, as I was preparing for this message, man, God really put it in my heart. I want to give a word to Pastor Jack and Pastor Brenda. See, God has heard your cry. And he has seen your tears. But I want to let you know that a new day is here. A new day is here. Let me tell you something. Mark the words from the Lord in Jesus' name. I believe that this year, this year, 2021, everybody watching, I want you to hear this. In 2021, I believe you will see the dreams and the visions come to reality for this house that God's given you to. Believe that in Jesus' name. I want to declare that even though many of us had heard the rooster crow in your own life, a new day is here. A new day is here. Many of us have failed God big time. But I want to encourage you, a new day is here. A new day is here. Many of you think it's too late. I blew it again. How many times am I going to blow it? But I want to remind you today. That even though the rooster has crowed, but there is a new day today. Many of you have, for, many people have forgotten about you, you may be thinking. But I want to remind you today that a new day is here. Many of you, your marriage may be broken, but today is a new day. Many of you, you may be broken, just like Peter was. But today is a new day. Peter had a new day. He had a new beginning. A new beginning of hope. It was a new day for him as Peter repented and he wept bitterly. He was crying and saying, man, how could I do this to my best friend? But a new day was coming for Peter. See, God has promised that a broken and a contrite heart, God will never turn away. That's in Psalms 51. Help was on its way. God's plan was unfolding. And with this, I'm, I'm almost done, I promise. In Mark chapter 16, Peter received a message from the, from, from the women that were there at the tomb looking for Jesus' body. Mary, Mary, and Salome, and I really believe, I always say this, but Salome, I think she was Puerto Rican. That's a Puerto Rican name right there. It's one of my people right there. So Mary, Mary, and Salome get to the, the tomb and they see an angel. And the angel says, yo, 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 don't, don't trip. Get a grip. The person you're looking for is not here no more. So go and run and tell the disciples. Oh, hold on, hold on. And Peter. That he's going to meet him up real quick. And I want to encourage you guys today. God never forgot about Peter. And God has not forgotten about you. He, he remembers you. He's seen you. The stuff you've gone through and he's not left you. He's not left you alone. He, he's right there for you. He just wants you to remember that if God did it before, he can do it again. Later on that same day, Jesus himself appeared to Peter. 
from the angel of the resurrection morning. It encouraged them. And he had fellowship with Peter in Luke chapter 24. Then uh, on the shores of Galilee in John 21, God recommissioned Peter. And he called him back and he said, Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build the church. But, 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 but I blew it. I saw you, man. I, I, I looked at your eyes and I denied you three times. The rooster crowed. And I could imagine Jesus, and I'm adding, you know what I'm saying, with all due respect. The rooster crowed because a new day is here for you, Peter. And I want to encourage you that there's a new day for you too. No matter how far you feel from God, he loves you and there is hope, there is forgiveness, and there is new life for you in Christ Jesus. There's a story I read about an earthquake in the country of Armenia in 1988. And with this, I conclude. There's a story about a, about a, about a, a young man who took his son to school. And he dropped him off at school and he said, yo, son, I love you. I'll see you after school when I pick you up. And remember who you are. I got you. I'll see you later. Gave him a little kiss on the cheek. And he took off. And moments later, the, the father, as he's driving away from the school, he began to see the road move a little bit. He began to see buildings move, and, and people were pulling over to the side, and there were people honking, cars alarms were going off, who knows what was going on. And he noticed that there was an earthquake taking place. So he gets back in his vehicle, or he's in his vehicle, he makes a U-turn, and he drives straight back to the school where his son was at. I can imagine as a parent, as a father, I would have done anything I could to get back to seeing if my son was okay or if my daughter was okay. He gets back to the school and he put this, the, 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 the car in park and he left the car on and he ran to the school. And to his surprise, the school was flat. The story goes on to say that over 5,000 people, I'm sorry, 50,000 people immediately died and 5 million people were immediately homeless. He gets to the school and it's flat and he's like, yo, I'm going I'm to start digging. He began to dig rocks for a couple of hours and people were like, yo, let, let's stop this guy from digging because he's doing too much. And, and, and but he kept digging and he kept digging and, and it, it became 20 hours and, and he kept digging and 24 hours. And, and I could only imagine what he was feeling and people were saying, yo, let him dig because maybe he's digging out his his, his emotions, and maybe he can finally say, yo, I did everything I could to help my son, and, and nothing happened. And he kept digging, and the story goes on to say that at the 36th hour, he heard a noise. And he began to scream, help, help. And people came, and they removed a big, big rock, and they pushed it. And inside this rock, underneath the rock, was a cavern. And inside the cavern were 13 students and one teacher. And one of those students was his son. Come on. His son kept saying, man, daddy, I was telling them, I knew you were going to come. I knew you were going to come back for me, daddy. I knew it. And I want to let you know something. You know what's interesting about that story? Is that that story is an earthly story. It's, it's a, a story of human condition. Can you imagine what your spiritual, what your heavenly father is like, how he will do anything for you, even though you've messed up, even though you've blown it, even though I've made mistakes in my life, 
But God's like, yo, I will do anything for you. So today, as we conclude, I want to give you an opportunity to meet the father that I'm talking about. To meet my best friend who's changed my life from a nobody into a somebody, from a sinner into a saint, from a reject into a ruler. I want you to meet the person, the God himself, the God of all gods, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross, but three days later came back to life. So if that's you today with every head bowed in the room and, and even out there online, I want to give you an opportunity to know that there's someone that loves you so much and he showed it to you on Calvary. So if you're here today, I want you to just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I love you. I pray that you would come into my life. I pray that you would forgive me of all my sins. I believe you died for me and you came back to life. I confess all my sins to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that, I want you to just connect with this church, Mosaic Life. If you have to write for them online, if you did it in person, let one of the pastors know. Don't let this be the only time you you, you log on or you come to church. I challenge you to come back next week. If God can restore Peter and forgive him, then God can forgive you. God loves you and he has a plan for your life. God bless you.